Welcome back to Leading Matters, or welcome if it's your first visit. Uh, I start that opening pretty much every way, because, look, let's be honest, I don't have a ton of listeners right now, hopefully someday, but the intent is to just share that one thing with that one person who gains the value. I mean, that's ultimately the goal. So, with that in mind, there's two things we talk about. The matters that impact leadership, and the reality we sometimes take for granted that leadership has a tremendous impact on where we're headed, obviously. So what we do here is we talk to business leaders in and around uh, mostly the Philadelphia area because that's where I live. That's where a lot of my contacts are, but also nationally. For instance, uh, just a couple episodes ago, we talked to Tiffany Sauter, uh, runs Element 3. That's a great one, by the way. They're all good. I've been enjoying all of them, but go ahead and listen to Tiffany's again. I think you get a great perspective on some of the decision-making that goes into um, taking on a more aggressive content-oriented approach to running your business and how that impacts your development of strategy and how you boil that down to the tactics necessary to execute. So along that line, we are talking today to Mike Lieberman. Mike is uh, one of the founders of Square 2 Marketing. They actually are in Warrington, Pennsylvania. That's right outside of Philadelphia. They're also a HubSpot agency. Um, they, they were around before HubSpot started, but they became a HubSpot agency in 2009, 2010, and they are the largest one. Um, and basically, that's measured by the amount of revenue that comes through the agency to HubSpot. So that's what gives them that classification. In other words, they're booking the most revenue for HubSpot. And they do it globally. So they have presence in UK. They have presence uh, in the Midwest, West Coast, and obviously here in the East. Um, I know Mike and his partner, Eric, for a couple of years now, uh, just as a matter of reaching out to people that share some of the passions that I have. And um, actually even invited them into a... Uh, bid on a, on a job that I had for them, and they're, they're, what I was really impressed with is their process, the really disciplined process that they bring to the table. They absolutely add value to just that, the discipline necessary to take on a, a content and inbound approach. So with that in mind, we're going to listen to what Mike has to say today about you know why they headed in this direction, some of the questions that they help clients and prospective clients understand before making a decision to head in this direction, and some of the criteria that's necessary for success. So um, I think you're—I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, you, Mike, is definitely has tremendous amount of insight for G now, uh, 12, 13 years as running a very successful agency. And keep—I want you to pay particular attention to the nature of the relationship as it has been evolving between agency and client because that is something that I talk quite a bit about, the gap between the marketing services agencies that are out there and clients, that clients really need a lot more. Sometimes they're not even aware of it, yet they continue to purchase in a commodity fashion. I think a lot of the HubSpot agencies are working to fill that gap, and, and Square 2 certainly headed in that direction as well. And so I would encourage you to pay, uh, excuse me, pay particular attention to what Mike has to say about that, and I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. It runs about 15, 20 minutes long top. So enjoy, and if you have any questions, please let me know. In the meantime, let's uh, listen to Mike Lieberman from Square 2 Marketing. All right, today, joined by Mike Lieberman. Mike is one of the co-founders and runs Square 2 Marketing outside of the Philadelphia area, but they are actually the largest provider of inbound-related marketing services, in particularly when clients are using HubSpot as their marketing automation platform. So, Mike, first things first, thanks. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for taking time out to, to join me today. No problem, Joel. Thanks for inviting me. 
Yeah, sure, no problem. So listen, um, lots that I want to cover with you guys because you know you and Eric, your your co-founder, were really way out ahead of this whole idea of inbound marketing, content marketing. And really, I think the the timing you know couldn't have been better for you guys as it started to take root in a more broader fashion. So my my first question really revolves around what was the the catalyst for the two of you to decide to really take your efforts in that direction because it wasn't apparent to a lot of folks at the time, but you guys kind of saw the writing on the wall and and started to go in that direction. So was there any one particular moment or was it a accumulation of uh, of experience for you? Well, I guess it kind of spun out of a desire to do things a little bit differently. So we started the company in 2003, and and at that time, we were very focused on small and medium-sized businesses. And But we didn't really know inbound – well, inbound didn't exist then. The, the phrase didn't exist then. What we did know was that some of the traditional tools were just not going to work well for limited budgets or, or even um, – business owners with limited exposure to marketing. So, you know, they all kind of knew they needed to do marketing, but they didn't really know what to do. And when we started the company, this phrase, my marketing isn't working and I don't know why, really resonated with the people that we were talking to. And, you know, uh, we, we knew they couldn't afford TV advertising. We knew they couldn't afford, you know, big direct mail campaigns. We knew that um, some of the stuff that they had been doing, like trade shows and maybe even some, some local print or even radio to some extent just wasn't working um, like it used to. And even in 2003, which obviously the, the, the case, you know, almost 15 years later, 13 years later is dramatically different. Even back in 2003, we were starting to see some of the traditional tactics just really starting to uh, question their performance. So when we started the company back then, we we, we, we went to market with a whole different set of tactics. They were more guerrilla. You know, there was a lot of email. You know, your website was a, was a big part of it. Um, yeah, shortly thereafter, Facebook was founded in 2004, and, you know, pretty quickly social media became an opportunity, even though in the beginning we didn't really know what to do with it. You know, maybe today people don't even know what to do with it, but um, we started to lean more heavily on search, and and before we knew it, we kind of had this inbound marketing firm that didn't really know the phrase inbound marketing. It really wasn't until 2009 when when um, Brian Halligan and Dharmesh Shaw, the two guys that started HubSpot, wrote the book Inbound Marketing, and, and I got my hands on it, and I read it, and I was like, wow, this is what we're doing. I, I didn't know it had a name, um, but this is what we've been talking to clients about, and this is what we've been doing for a good, you know, six years prior to that. So, you know, if you want to call it, you know, dumb luck or serendipity or, or whatever, being in the right place at the right time, we've we've kind of been doing this for a while because we felt like it was the right thing to do without really knowing where we would be as a result of it this this far down the path. So it's funny because I, I find – I hear a little bit of irony in that, right, because – it almost seems today there's lots of debate today about uh, you know, where the return is on, on these some of these things. Is it really a negligible cost versus some of the other tactics, or is there hidden cost involved therein? I mean, do you have those discussions with not necessarily current clients, but in your sales cycle with companies that want to head in this direction, but they're uncertain, they're maybe frozen into inaction because they don't quite know where to get started, they're fearful of being creative, they don't know what the processes are in place, and they they don't know what the overall 
costs are going to be. Uh, and again, I, I find it a little ironic because in your you know your explanation of how you got into it, it seemed almost a little bit easier to have that discussion maybe a couple years back. But now because there's so much attention given to it, uh, maybe people tend to overanalyze it. I mean, do you see that as the case? And if so, how do you help, especially prospective clients, understand what they're getting into if they really don't know where to begin or, or how to get started? Yeah, so th- those are all good questions. Uh, you know, basically what we see today is that uh, businesses are definitely coming to the table with at least an, an idea of what inbound is. And when I say that, I, they, I don't think they understand it completely, but they've heard of it, um, which is pretty different from even a couple of years ago when we had to kind of introduce them to the concept and explain it to them, and they didn't really know what we were talking about. Today, I would say they've heard of it. Um, they, they've read, maybe read a few things about it. Do I think they understand it? No, I don't. Um, but I think they're at least open to trying to understand it. They're, they're kind of intrigued with the, the opportunity that inbound might present and, and wanting to learn more. So they're coming to the table with a little bit more of an open mind. The way we get them to understand it more is we, we tell them stories that they can all relate to. For instance, uh, how many times have you gotten a cold call in your office and actually been excited about it? Or how many times do you actually answer the phone in your office when you don't know who it is, right? And they all basically respond the same way, like, oh, I don't even answer my office phone, and I look at the caller ID, and if, I, if it's not my you know, spouse or, like, a friend, like, I don't even pick it up. Or, yes, I'm always, uh, you know, bothered when I've been interrupted and I haven't asked for this call. Um, and then we ask them, well, do you use cold calling in your business? And a lot of them are, yes, I do. So, that's a bridge to a conversation. Well, why? Like you don't like it, and your your prospects probably don't like it, but you still rely on it. Is it is it really effective? And what what kind of results have you been getting out of it? And you can have those conversations really with almost any traditional media, right? Like trade shows. You know, when was the last time you went to a trade show? Last month, great. How was it? Well, not great. Why? Well, there's less people, and the people coming by aren't qualified, and we spend a lot of money on you know, tchotchkes to give out, and I don't really know, like, what that gets us. So, you know, yeah, you're right. Like, those trade shows, like, people really don't go to trade shows as much anymore, and they're still really expensive. So, you know, how do we maybe shift some of that budget to things that are a little more quantifiable or a little more in touch with the way people buy today? And that also transitions into a conversation around buyer behavior, which is dramatically different today than even it was four or five years ago. Today, the buyer is in control of the sales process. You know, five, six, ten years ago, the salesperson was in control of the, of the sales process. If you wanted information about a company, you picked up the phone and called them, or you sent them an email and said, I'm interested in information on your company. And you then were connected with a sales rep, uh, whatever they called them, a company representative, a customer service rep. And that person basically doled out information in a very controlled way to manage you through their sales process. Today, if you want information on a company, you Google them and you see tons of information. You see uh, blog articles, you see discussions, you see message boards, you see reviews, you see uh, other client comments about you know what, the experience that they had with them. You go on social media and you say, does anyone know anything about this kind of company? I'm looking for one. And you get tons of links and tons of referrals. And this, the way we buy is so dramatically different that the buyer is really in control of that process. There's stats that say they're in control of actually 75% of the process they're managing on their own. So inbound marketing is a perfect match for the way people want to buy today. 
you know, content marketing and blog articles and, and, and things that we typically do for clients as part of the inbound process allows them to be out there when their potential prospects are starting to search for them. Uh, our goal is for our, our clients' prospects to know them long before they decide whether to hire them. And, and that does a lot for our clients. It puts them in a position to win the engagement without really competing with anybody. If, if I've been helping, advising, guiding, and educating my prospects around inbound and they're now finally ready to go and, and pursue an inbound engagement, my hope would be that they reach out to me first. And if I can take care of them in a really nice way and give them a remarkable experience, I have a pretty good chance that they're not even going to talk to anybody else. And if they do, they will have already emotionally decided that we're the company they want to hire. And the people that are coming in second and third are just really, you know, so that they can say they did due diligence and they looked at some other companies, but, you know, square to market is who I want to hire. So, Matching your marketing and sales process to the way people buy today you know, couldn't be more important, and that's a big part of how we get our prospects to understand what we do, how we do it, and how maybe it fits in versus what they used to do. Sure, and it makes you know it's it makes good sense, right? That you want to help. Look, it's it's just the way business is done, and I think many are kind of see it, but are afraid to kind of shift gears and shift the spend. Is one of the problems maybe the fact that in order to communicate consistently and to be informative and helpful to their prospective clients, especially early in the sales process, where they don't necessarily have somebody in their sales pipeline, but maybe in their marketing funnel, it, it could one of the challenges be that it requires a lot more discipline as far as defining their position, who their personas are, their strategy, what and how they're going to speak early in that marketing process to get people into the marketing funnel and then eventually transitioned into the sales funnel? Um, it might be discipline, but I think more of it comes down to uh, inbound just requires a lot more activity, um, and it requires there, – there are a lot more moving parts in an effective inbound campaign, and, and to do it right, those parts have to be tied together strategically, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They're, they, they look at inbound as, I need a white paper, I, you know, I need a website, I, I need a blog, and they, they haven't really thought through the way the stories are being told across platform and they haven't really thought through the the way the funnel applies to some of the things they're doing and and the experience that they're creating for those prospects. So I think the thing that probably holds people back the most is when you're looking at doing this right, it does require a lot of work. I mean, you know, a company that hasn't blogged at all and then you're starting to talk to them about inbound, you're like, well, you know, based on your business objectives, you might want to consider blogging every single day. That's a that's a shocking revelation to them. Well, what am I going to write about? Who's going to write it? You know, how do I know anybody's going to read it? How do I get people to subscribe to my blog? How do I use my blog in my sales process? Like it opens up so many questions that, you know, agencies like ours are good at answering and, and good at supporting the, the client through that transition. But in their own mind, I think that probably intimidates a lot of people to the point where they're like, I don't really know if we're ready for this. I don't really completely understand how it all works. You know, I do understand how I create a, a series of print campaigns and I stick them in a magazine and I, you know, hope that the phone rings. Like maybe that's not optimal, but I understand that. Uh, and I think there's still people who need to be managed through that transition so they can get comfortable with the inbound stuff, realize there are people that can help them, 
and then start start it. I mean, the thing about inbound is it, it's not something that will help you tomorrow uh, if you start today. It's going to help you a few months down the road. And we're constantly encouraging businesses to get started so that they can reap the benefits and see the rewards, you know, after they get their marketing machine built and they start to see how these things work together. So, you know, lots of times we're encouraging them to try it. You know, like, let's see how writing a blog for your company can get you found and, and more organic visitors to your website. Let's put some content on your website and see how we can turn some of your visitors into leads. And pretty quickly, when we're able to get them interested in some of those tests and trials, they see how it works and they start to understand it a little bit better and they're fascinated by the results. And it becomes a little bit easier to kind of get the whole program, uh, you know, in for them and let them see kind of the, its full potential. Do you think it changes the relationship between the the agency and the client? In other words, it, it, it seems to me the way you present it that the, the client-agency relationship is one that's significantly more um, – you know, familiar. In other words, I, I have to be a partner really to my clients and vice versa. I have to treat my agency not as a vendor that I'm going to beat down on price year after year, but as a trusted partner to help me kind of see where all the, the, the curves and twisty parts of the road are coming up so I can continue to execute the strategy and focus my attention on what our narrative is, what our message is, and, and so I'm not distracted by making decisions or, or some of the day-to-day tactics. Uh, absolutely. In fact, we part of our um, business development screening process is looking for businesses that do recognize they need a partner. Um, we don't do vendor well. You know, when clients are telling us what to do, uh, it's a good indication that the engagement is off the rails for us. So um, we are very strategically looking for clients that recognize exactly your point and, and, and want a strategic partner. They want someone that's going to introduce them to inbound. They want someone that's going to educate them on inbound. They want someone that's going to help them plan and implement and optimize an inbound program for them. They're looking at this from a long-term perspective. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Uh, so there's, without a doubt, and again, my earlier point around legacy purchasing is a lot of companies are are used to the vendor relationship with their agency, and they're used to purchasing on price, and they're used to buying stuff. You know, I'll take a folder, and you're going to help me with my brochure, and then you're going to build my website for me. And we, we, we talked to them very early on in the process that this is a different kind of relationship that we're fostering here. And there are still businesses today that don't view it like that, and they, they still are looking for a vendor. And there are other inbound agencies that perhaps do vendor better than we do, but we're typically passing on engagements like that. So, Mike, that actually leads me to what, uh, what I'll, I'll make the last question here, because while you're so busy helping your clients do this, and again, I, I you know, spoken to other um, folks that are running the agencies as well and I ask them the same question. I'm always curious about the, the response here. How do you internalize it? In other words, how do you make it true for your company? You know, how do you and Eric make sure that the mission is clear to your employees? How do you make sure you got the right talent on board so they could buy into this methodology and then also prioritize your own content production so you're uh, you know, drinking your own champagne, if you will? Yeah, that's also a good question. And, you know, one of the things that we're, I'm constantly coaching businesses on when they're looking for an inbound agency is to make sure that that agency you're hiring is executing inbound for themselves really effectively. So uh, I am a strong believer that if, if the agency isn't doing it for themselves, then in essence, they're basically practicing on their clients. And um, I think that's one of the things that we do here well is we produce a lot of content. 
Um, we do some creative kinds of content that we experiment with before we introduce them to clients. Uh, we have a very experimental perspective on what we're doing. So there are a lot of things that we're doing in the background that we're trying and seeing if we can get them to work, adjustments we're making to our own inbound methodology. And until it's proven to be effective in a repeatable way, the clients actually never see those type of tactics. So I think, you know, that's something that you want to be looking for if you're considering inbound and if you're considering, um, an, a, you know, having an agency help you with it. The other thing is I think that you need to be thinking a little more altruistically about what we do as opposed to just, you know, how do I get more clients? So, for instance, the message that we have and the mission that we're on is we're on a mission to generate a million leads. We've really boiled down the value that we provide to clients, and it really just comes down to leads. You know, the, the, the clients that hire us, they want more leads, and that's the promise we're making them is we're going to get you more leads. So um, when we talk internally about what we're doing here, now our mission is to generate a million leads. We actively track how many leads we generate for individual clients and across the agency. We report on that on our website. We have a, a ticker on our website that, that ticks up in an algorithmic way. So when we see our, our lead gen numbers for the company across all clients, that monthly number gets put into a calculator on the website. So that number accurately reflects how quickly we're able to generate leads for clients. And our mission is clear. We want to get to a million. So Everything that people are doing here it really spins around wanting to get more leads for our clients, wanting to be more efficient, more effective. We want to you know, provide better conversions, write better content, create better blog posts, help clients get found, help, help turn those visitors into leads, help our clients convert those leads into sales. So um, there's a lot of reinforcement of that message across the team, and um, we found that people in general uh, get more – jazzed up and energized about being on a mission like that as opposed to, you know, we need more clients and, you know, we want to grow our company. So we've kind of tried to internalize that lead generation mission around our company's goal to generate a million leads for our clients. That's perfect. I really like that. I always always think the simpler a mission is, the easier it is for the the staff to kind of adopt it and the team to get and rally behind it. So that I'm, I'm really, really glad to hear that. So, so listen, we've been speaking with Mike Lieberman. Mike and his uh, partner, Eric Kalis, are running and founded and are running the largest inbound marketing agency in, in literally the world. So go ahead and check them out at square2marketing.com. And um, hopefully you've gained a little bit of wisdom uh, through what Mike has to say. I think the biggest takeaway is just get started, right? Some of these tactics need to prove themselves out over not weeks, but maybe sometimes months. So get started and, and hey, give Square2 a, a call if you, you need some help. So Mike, thanks so much again. I know you're a busy guy. I really appreciate you taking time out to share your two cents. Thank you, Joel. I had a good time. Thanks.